Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Ed. And this week we're kind of, you know, kind of talk about, you know, something a little bit different and we're really going to aim on, you know, with the mindset of improvement, you know, we're really thinking about, you know, how you can get into that mindset, you know, where it pertains from there. So, you know, John, I'm going to turn it over to you. When you're trying to think about that, you know, what's, what's popping through? Um, yeah, thanks. I, I, the biggest thing, we, we've actually talked about this a lot, Nick, and, and you've kind of, <laughs> to a point where you've got a little angry that we're not doing it, it's the proactivity uh, versus reactivity. Is, uh, we, I know we've harped on like the 3D printing, and mm-hmm. I do kind of want to stick around a lot of that, that um, processes and, 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 and improvement on, on, on that side, but it's, it's, okay, I've got my print, I've got what I've been, or I've started printing, um, I might be having problems here or there. How can I improve? What do I need to improve? And I, I think Ed actually, like, honestly, you probably run with this for, for weeks, to be honest, because you're, I think every, I didn't get five, five steps in the door before we had some type of improvement already that you're like, why can't we do it like this? And, and that mindset is, is kind of a, a driving point for me. Um, and, and kind of should be an underlying thing in, in not just 3D printing, but everything. But we, we want to try to bring that, or at least I would like to try to bring that into the 3D printing idea. So, so what's my next step? So I have the thing, it's printing. How do I make my print professional quality as opposed to um, a hobbyist that still has defects everywhere but is you know acceptable for yourself, you're not distributing it. Um, and then you can kind of step that quality into... Um, if you want to start a business, how can I how can I make that quality high enough to where um, you take a step back and think if I was a customer buying from this 3D printer or this manufacturer um, or this supplier, if you think an industrial, why would I choose you over someone else? What is your quality? Mm-hmm. What is your what is your strength and all that stuff? And how do you how do you kind of go about improving that? So I mean, Ed, I think we've talked about it a lot. Um, you've talked about it on sensors, temperature um, gauges, and things like that. You've talked about it with pulse modulation things. Like, uh, wh- what do you think about whenever you you take a peek at, let's say, a printer that was built with a kit, and it's like, okay, this is what was generically given to me, um, I, and I've, I've printed with it, but what next? Like, how do I make this better? So, from uh, my perspective, is uh, people uh, have always. Uh, uh, purchase uh, cars and made cars better and that's basically by you know adding some things to it adding performance things like hey I'm adding high temperature spark plugs silicone uh, based uh, spark plug wires uh, adding a different turbo mm-hmm. or uh, tweaking the firmware so for me it's that's where I'm, I'm starting I'm starting with hey what are the, the simple things that I can change um, software wise what what can I do in the firmware to automate some things you know, because as we all know, leveling a bed is one of the 
the biggest headaches for <laughs> for people that yeah. enter this field yeah. uh, or into the hobby. And then also uh, the deviation you get from the bed when the temperature is at a certain um, yeah. uh, temp. So those are things that I, I, I think about, like how, how can we automate that process? How can we make this process use machine learning and leverage that with things like maybe MQTT? Yeah, but you know, to bring a standard deviation yeah. to zero. Yeah, or, or, or hey, maybe, why, why is it necessary to have a GUI when I have a, a, a mobile device? Why can I use a tablet? Why can I use my phone? Why is it necessary to have a, uh, a uh, OLED here? Why is that necessary? Why can mm -hmm. I just use a web-based app? Why can't it just be a, a mobile app? So yeah. these are things yeah. I'm, I'm saying is, hey, maybe I can take those resources from here and not use that on my power supply, and maybe I can use that for a different application where, hey, I can use this for, you know, I want to leverage data. I want to do analytics. I want to build analytics in. I want to look at every model that I build or every piece I build. Mm -hmm. And where did I go wrong? How can yeah. I learn better? And the machine teach me, and I teach the machine. So I, I think that's yeah. that's something we could use. And what do you think, Nick? You know, me, you know, I, I, I'm really big on the, the future proofing stuff. But however, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, like John brought it up, I am the proactive type of person. You know, my background is in software testing. So, you know, when I start looking at something, that's the first, that's the first place I'm headed. You know, is I'm going to look at the firmware, I'm going to look at, you know, that type of stuff, and I'm going to try to be proactive. You know, I'm a, you know, if I know that, you know, my standard deviation is, you know, plus or minus one, you know, I'm going to try to get that down as, as, as low as I can to plus or minus 0 0.1, 0 0.5 or below. Right. You know, depending on what my, you know, comfort level of shift is, you know, at that point. So... You know, for me, you know, being, you know, the, an IT guy, you know, I'm, I'm digging into the code. I'm digging into, you know, smoothing things out and moving things out of, you know, reducing unneeded movements and speed. You know, because the whole you know, the thing is, you know, what's uh, uh, slow is fast, fast is, fast is slow. Mm. You know, and it's just, you know, just got to be smooth with it, you know, because everything has an abrasive to it. And, you know, with that... You know, if, if you can take out that abrasiveness, of, you know, 95% of your your, your, your your push with your movements, left, right, lateral limits, you know, up, down, coming up, mm -hmm. you know, if you think about how smooth that is, the extruder is moving that much that, that much smoother. Your definition is, is there. Your, you know, you don't really have an availability for error. You kind of work the error out. You kind of be proactive on it and push the error out of the process. You know, and sometimes, you know, I'm not saying it always starts in the, the firmware or anything like that, but I mean, it's a good place to look because there could be bugs. And, you know, it's like tested to its fullest extent, you know, and then, you know, that's just be proactive to, to the problem, you know, and, and, and instead of being reactive, you know, to, you know, like you said, multiple occasions, now I'll have a freaking, you know, 200 spaghetti monsters sitting on my hands. What in the world do I do with the darn thing? You know, and you're trying to, you're, now you're being reactive to fix a problem that you should have caught at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and Ed, when, when you were talking about it earlier, it's actually fantastic that you brought that up. Bring, wrapping in MQTT into yeah. how you can improve. Like, I know this could, for some people, it ends up being like high level advanced, but honestly, preventative like, maintenance. Yeah, it's preventative. Yeah, it's absolutely preventative maintenance. You, 
like right now, <clears throat> most hobby hobbyists are going to be doing like they do print tests, like a first layer test or a shell test, and I measure that test to, with with my calipers and see like is is this dimensionally uh, close to what it should measure, um, like you know what, what's my accuracy, and I'm doing that manually, and then I put it into an equation, recalculate my flow rate. And then I readjust that on when I do my print. Now that's that's a bunch of manual moves and it is very tedious and I've got to stand there waiting for the print 10, 20 minutes each time to, to continuously adjust, wait for this test to finish until I get it right. Once I get it right, that thing's gonna probably be printing for maybe a couple months, maybe a couple weeks, depending on what I'm doing. But with that, that same mindset, I've got to do that myself and that's a manual. I don't like that. I don't like that really very much at all. I would like that to be automated. Like we've we've kind of touched on Octopi. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's it's something that exists so that you can kind of keep an eye on your your printer and and, and adjust things while you're going. But it, it also has the MQTT. And in, in, in that sense, why can't the MQTT dictate like like what uh, you were saying? You want it to stop before it's a spaghetti monster. Why can't it yeah. dictate? like what my dimensional accuracy should become and i think i don't think there's anything like that to be honest yeah, with right. you so if 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 that's something that we want to step forward with like that's that's a great yeah. like possibility that's within reach and you know the thing is that you know you're hearing them talk about a lot of the octopi stuff and stuff like that we'll do another episode on raspberry yeah. on, on 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 the 3d printer management you know side of the house yeah. you know because you're you're going from you know software slicers and stuff like that so now dealing in the management time, in the management realm. So you know if you think about your three tier, you know software approach, you're you're up the top of that. Yeah. But you know pulling all that, and you know Ed will probably agree with me on this one. You know we'll see. Um, if you think about it, a a three D printer is like the perfect marriage of IT and OT. Look at what you're looking at, and the thing is is how you know you know when an IT guy gets a hold of it because there's a bunch of random stuff attached to it, <laughs> and now for some certain reason you know it, it tells you when it skips, yeah. you know you know OT guy guy gets a hold of it and now the thing runs like Mach four, yeah you know depending on who replaced what what got replaced where system. right exactly <laughs> yeah. you know it's running down the highway you know printing somebody's tires for him yeah you know it's hey, you got to be proactive right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, entire line coming out soon. Be printing in TPU. <laughs> so yeah. So as always, anti flat tires. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So as always, I have to be the oddball. So because my mind, uh, that squirrel runs on the uh, wheel, and sometimes he falls off and <laughs> get trapped in the wheel. But hey, it happens. Um, so for me, here's 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 a curveball. So what if I'm able to Take advantage of when a 3D printer is printing a piece and capture that data via MQTT. However, what if I was able to do the same thing without dispensing any filament? What if I was able to take a first print and incorporate that with TinyML and then do augmented uh, manufacturing? So augmented manufacturing to me is, hey, I can take and simulate this whole process moving these motions. Mm -hmm. I already know that the bed, <laughs> by using sensors, there's the, yeah. I, maybe I use a strain gauge for the, to figure out the deflection of the of the bed. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Now I got that information that I can feed back into an algorithm mm -hmm. that I can use augmented, you know, not augmented reality, but I would say augmented automation or augmented manufacturing. And what that does is that allows me to go through and move, make all the movements and I can figure out where I would be off at this temperature because I already know because of the deflection of the bed, what mm -hmm. I had. And I was able to actually take with a camera or something mm -hmm. to view where I was off because I was monitoring this the whole time. Yeah. So these, these are mm -hmm. things that I think that if you start to incorporate these things with IoT sensors, if you start to incorporate these things where you actually use physics to your advantage yeah. and not worry about mm -hmm. the disadvantages when you have to use physics, yeah. um, I think then what happens is, is you do it, it's a one-off. I make a template and I, 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 it's almost like set and let it go. Yeah. It's like a machine set. Machine setters or or uh, two die guys mm -hmm. set it up one time and then we just verify when we get off or if it's damaged then we make uh, we make uh, some uh, adjustments. So I think that's where hobbyists should be striving to get. More I do it one time yeah. and then I have a calibration process that verifies that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm within those parameters. Like a ghost it, mode. And it lets yeah. me know when I'm outside of, exactly like a ghost mode. When I'm outside of those parameters, it let me know, hey, you need to verify the bed again. Mm -hmm. yeah. You need to verify the process again. You need to verify the extruder again. You need to verify whatever again. Right, yeah. And the funny part is, you know, I hate to jump in, but, you know, we talked about it, you know, I should say, you know, a couple, a couple months ago now, um, we kind of talked about, you know, the need for virtualization for the lines, like how you, how you would do a, you know, a line test. You know, when you're doing virtual commissioning, stuff like that. So pretty much you're doing a virtual commissioning standpoint on a 3D printer. You know, like we like, you know, heard me, you know, talk about, you know, bring it up, you know, ghost mode. Yeah. You know, why can't we, like what Ed was saying, why can't we use ghost mode? You know, I, I think that's, you know, something that is, is absolutely needed. Mm -hmm. But now if you tell you, now if you type, you know, if you take ghost mode, we know ghost mode in the, in the, in the land of, you know, robotics, you know, and what that does. You know, but if you think about it, what I'd like to do is, and this is just me thinking outside the box here, because I like being able to do a little bit of proactive stuff. And if I can future-proof at the same point in time, sure, why not? Is why can't, you know, when we're running that ghost mode, be able to send a uh, MQTT message saying you're outside, outside of your outside of normal, you know, readings mm -hmm. based on movement, flexation, and stuff like that, and stuff that you're dealing with. But also... You know, we're talking about servos and stuff like that. We're talking about small, small motors that we're dealing with inside a 3D printer. However, we think about, you know, industrial control systems. You know, the, some of those industrial controls, some of those motors have MQTT on board. Why can't we have a small MQTT set oh, okay. on board those smaller uh, drive motors that will still report back and tell you the status of your entire machine? So, yeah. so you, you can have that, and then we're going to let Champ uh, chime in. Yeah. You can have that with the controller. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's a little bit more difficult to build that into an electromechanical um, device. You can build it on the back of it, mm -hmm. you know, like the encoder. Yeah. You know, that you would use with a servo. So, yeah. yes, you could make the encoder. The sensor mm -hmm. would have the intelligence. But the actuator normally doesn't have that much intelligence. doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. But it's possible. What about for the drive motors? Even even the drive, yeah. it, the drive itself is the intelligence. Yeah, yeah. 
So the sensor in this case, when we're talking servos, we're talking steppers is different. Yeah, stepper motors. Because that's talking, something that's what we're, we're using. stepper motors, we're talking different. Then you you leverage that in the firmware on the board. Oh, okay. And in the firmware on the board, you set up a MQTT broker. Okay. And you can do all that yeah, yeah. via the yeah. firmware. Okay. Yeah, and, and actually that's beautiful because I know we're going to get to Octopi later on, but that's kind of roped right on in there because somebody had the bright idea of, well, why are we working so dang hard on something when we can have the computer and the machine work for us? Uh, we upgrade the motherboard. We upgrade the RAM. Now it can process. You slap a Raspberry Pi on there, and I think it's hilarious that Nick said it's the marriage of IT and OT because you're absolutely right. As soon as I got this thing, I'm slapping extra like pieces on there to connect it to, to, to get it more connected to the internet or, or not even just the internet, but more connected to, you know, my other computers so that I can run things, you know, throughout the house, right? I can, I can take a peek if I'm in the kitchen and, and looking at my printer, but we, we'll get into that stuff later. Uh, kind of taking a step back and, and talking about the MQTT feeding in and, and reporting back to the printer. Um, like who's to say you can't set up a database, do some numbers and you come up with something materially, like let's say like, currently they're making it with maybe like steel, copper, brass. They're making those connectors mm -hmm. or those heat breaks, right? Who's to say you don't take those measurements and then realize that maybe maybe there's a better alloy that, that can, um, you know, uh, mesh with the temperature change because it is drastic temperature changes. Mm -hmm. You're going from, you know, room temperature to like 200 plus to 260 degrees Celsius. And that's like, now I, I know we use, we, we don't use the, the uh, we use the um, um, Fahrenheit here, but that would be like in the 300s, 400s, getting mm -hmm. close to it. That's, that's absolutely ridiculous. And, and if we can figure out how that, uh, another alloy can behave in those, you know, long-term uses, like I've done thousands and thousands of prints, how long does this last? You can also determine your, lifetime of your entire machine and then you can game plan your preventative maintenance like you said nick yeah. so like and and all of that is run through a database which you can then have python running scripts and telling you when something needs to change so then it's 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 crazy how much you can get into that it side Ooh. now as far as the ot side it's it to me, this is where you can see I'm a little bit more IT than OT. Is mm -hmm. I, it feels like more maintenance and more work and more work, and mm -hmm. I'm like, why? Why is this not automated for me? And then that, then let's get a PLC in there and then have it on there right. too. Yeah, then it's all a bunch of games, fun, yeah. fun games. Yeah, so I would say just this. So you know, like the oil companies leveraged this for the last twenty plus years. Yeah, it's called uh, uh, down the whole data. Mm -hmm. So basically, we we can say is down extruder data. Mm, you yeah. can take down extruder data and use those, like you said, in a database. And and Nick can uh, probably elegantly uh, explain how you yeah. can do those things. No, it's it's kind of funny. You start bringing up the metals and the alloys and stuff like that. That's when I start thinking about Iconal. Mm. You know, Iconal. You know, metal alloys. You know, currently what's used by you know suppressor companies to build suppressors for the US, for the U.S. military to combat. They dissipate heat really really quickly. And they're some of the most robust alloy on the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, that thing can take a beating and keep on ticking. You know, mm -hmm. the thing is, is well, I have not seen that get brought into the world of 3D printing yet. Exactly. Technically, you can make that into nozzles and stuff like that and mm -hmm. go that route. However, Iconal is a very expensive. Yep. But you may only have to buy one nozzle every three years. What if you could 3D print Iconal? 
Yeah, right. right. If you can, then you're gonna put some people out of business. Yeah, you. Um, <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, like, take relativity space. I, out. I'm not saying that that <laughs> yeah. we're, we're we're aiming to do that. Yeah. But the whole ideal of hobbyists is the same ideal of the people that were able to take PCs and components apart and figure out how they work mm-hmm. and make Versus them better. Well, if you, if you think about it, you know, everything that we're talking about now is exactly what, you know, like what John just mentioned. You know, relativity space, exactly what they're doing. Right now, with a Kuka robotics arm and a welder, 3D printing using their own alloy, mm-hmm. a rocket. Not just not not just a nozzle anymore. You know, we're building the entire rocket. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, you're kind of going off to, off the you know the deep end here. But if you think about it, it's one of the the, the newest ways. For rocket manufacturing that we have now, because it's done quicker, you know, it's also done with more precision. Yeah. But if you think about it, with everything they have installed, probably, you know, um, can't confirm nothing what they have. However, if you think about it, even if they're running MQTT on board the robots, which we know, you know, Kuka does support that. Yeah, they probably do. Um, you now know, you know, everything that's going on, you know. And the thing is, you start talking about the, you know, the down the whole data. Down the whole data is 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 one of those things of, you know, I've got my data from topside, and now I have to transmit that data from from the from the brain of the people up top, and the instruments and the reporting material, all the way down to the drill head, you know, down at the bottom, telling me what mm-hmm. I wanted to do, what speed I want that thing to run at, and all of that, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, is also then you have you know you know return data that comes back up out of that wellhead, mm-hmm. you know, when they cap those things off. You know, it, it's you know sending data. It's you know, it's telling you what's going on. You know, and the, 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 the beauty of the what what we call down the whole data for the oil company is they were measuring pressure. Yep. They were measuring temperature, and then they also were measuring position GPS. Yeah. It's so like a sonar drop. So also what they were doing is saying, hey, in this material we had this problem and we failed here. Yep. So now you're able to. Say hey, I can uh, work on designing better materials to drill with. You know, stronger, lighter, mm-hmm. um, more robust uh, heads, and and that's the beauty of it. So so, what 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 I'm getting at is, it's perfect for if you're always having to manipulate. For, for me, a three D printer shouldn't be. I got to change. I got to tweak this and turn that. I shouldn't be a gauge guy. I shouldn't be turning this valve and that valve to cut this on to balance out stuff. I should have a device to do that. Mm-hmm. I know what it has to be. This is yeah. the device to do it. So, like, I'll give you an example. The, 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 the bed. Why are we heating up the whole bed? It's a waste of energy. Energy. That energy is being wasted in the form of heat, mm-hmm. which is watts that you're using in your outlet. Why can I not concentrate that energy to a spot? Yeah. And figure out the mass, the mass of what I am trying to heat. Calculate by the slices that's already made inside the machine. Mm-hmm. And tell me how much heat I need per layer. Mm-hmm. And then how much heat does I do I have to put up the stack right. to keep it that temperature. Maybe the thing is not cooling it down. Mm-hmm. Maybe the thing is heating it up. Keeping a constant temperature. So what I mean that cooling it down, of course we still have to cool down the piece around it. Right. 
However, maybe I conceal this and keep it at a constant temperature. Yeah. I don't use a bed. Yeah. Whatever, whatever benefit I'm getting from the temperature of the bed in watts, why can I not make that like an uh, uh, AC system you have in your house mm -hmm. when you turn the temperature up or the heat based off of what the temperature is outside? Right. Makes sense. Why, why don't we do that? And then how more efficient would that be? How much power would you say? I mean, I, I definitely agree because the, the first thing when you brought that up, I thought of was efficiency was because you're, you're absolutely right. If I've got, you know, a bed that's 230 millimeters by 230 millimeters, roughly eight by eight foot or, or inches, what, and I'm printing something that's like, you know, a square inch, like, why do I need to heat up this entire print bed? Like, why do I need every single part of this to be at temperature? And right now, it exists that that's that's how it works. Heats the whole thing up, and and then that the only time that it changes and starts to print is when, um, is when is when it's it hits the temperature, it's ready to go, and it maintains that. Uh, I think the big problem though currently now is there's only one connection there for where it heats up. If you add a couple more connections, a couple more wires, yeah, it'll be a little bit, a little bit more. But you you can then pick and choose in your G code which heating element. So now I'm gonna challenge you. Sorry. What if I made an IR bed? An IR bed? Oh. What if I use infrared and I can cut on banks of infrared to get whatever temperature range I want? You also just you you just gave me an idea. Induction is is a thing too to heat things up. So why why is so you print with metal now? Well, I mean, relativity <laughs> space is printed with metal, so that why is not? true. But but that no, true. yeah, it's, there's these other different ways to get the temperature rather than the conventional means of just putting a hot thing on it. You, can, <laughs> you could make a infrared grid, yeah, that was inside, and you could heat it, that infrared grid and cut on which bank of infrared you wanted for a time span, which I could really do with pulse width modulation. So mm -hmm. I could also control how much power I wanted to put on that infrared mm -hmm. bed. Yeah. Or if I was really, you know, like feeling frisky, just go microwave. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine and all, except for the whole cancer-causing properties that gives the user. No, it does cause cancer-causing properties because well, if I do the same, if I do the same thing with a microwave, if I do the same thing with a microwave, I can three D print it in a microwave. Yeah. Hmm. They've made it safer for you to stand in front of your microwave, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. then, there again, I can control the amplitude. I can control the time span. I can control the amount of energy that I am using. Mm -hmm. okay. See, and, that, and that's going back to that whole idea of, of what Nick talked about, let's say mindset of improvement. Every one of these things, I'm probably not like in actual like circulation now but these are just like ways that, that you should think about kind of thinking outside of the box and how can i improve mm -hmm. this this process because you get the same thing and then it's like you, you get the printer that's the do-it-yourself kit and you start printing and you're like okay like i i've just gotten past that first like serotonin hit where it's like okay it feels good to make something now then it's like what's the point from here yeah. So like it, it's it's it, a great mindset like to push. It's just you know, it, just, it's, a, it's, just it's, idea. If you think yeah. about it, you know, it's right now you're dealing with like you know definition of insanity. 
Yeah. You know, you're doing you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting that the, 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 the ch- there to be a change in result at the end. Yeah. You know, and all you get is the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again. You know, the thing is, is now it's time to inject. You know, inject the you know the the change in there, and you know, watch that take effect. Yeah. You know, be prepared for it. You know, understand it and stuff like that. But you know, I'll say this that this brings us to you know the end of the day. You know, and um. You know, from my side, you know, I'm going to turn it over to whoever wants to take it. Mm. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I want to thank everybody, you know, who's listening globally, um, you know, from around the world and all over the United States. You know, we highly appreciate it. You know, we hope you guys, you know, learn something, get into it. You know, we're all over all the different things. We're starting to slowly but surely release some, you know, one minute videos and uh, some YouTube content over on the YouTube channels. So, you know. Hopefully y'all uh, check that out, and I'll turn it over to one of the guys for the uh, for the end of the run and um, uh, whatever the charge of the week is. So, uh, like I said, as Nick said, I appreciate uh, all the support we all do. Um, uh, just a, a small update: uh, we have bought some of the components for the uh, uh, the uh, 3D printer challenge. Um, so we hope to have all the components, and we'll actually do a couple of uh, videos, short videos, to show you what the components are. And then uh, we hope to start uh, building the printer and uh, proving out our concept. And we'll let uh, yeah. uh, Chance, I mean, Chance. Champ, excuse yeah. me, Chance, Champ, <laughs> take us out. <laughs> All right. And just to echo what both these guys said, um, thank you. Thank you to everyone listening. Thank you for, for giving, giving a platform or at least giving an ear. Just listening is, is enough for me. Um, just get that thought process going. Um, it, it's it's uh, beneficial for everyone around you as well as yourself to you know want to improve or, or try some new things and and if you get something out of it then it's it's all just positive so so we appreciate it and and, and we like like they were saying the, the content's coming out it's it's going to be it's going to be there but if you guys have like any ideas or challenges like we honestly I think Ed would probably <laughs> welcome every single challenge sent his way. So um, even though we're doing that 3D printing project with the building the printer, why not have another challenge in the works? So so if you guys think we can't do anything or well, you know want to try any of those ideas, just give us a shout. Let us know. Yep. Yeah. You know, always keep learning. Mm-hmm. So, all right, y'all. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.